Hey, this is Nick Romolini, and welcome to another episode of The Blank Page, a podcast about creativity and neuroses. Although, I've been thinking lately about maybe switching gears a little bit and starting to have some different conversations that aren't so limited to these two topics. So I hope you guys will join me on that journey as well. Today's episode is with Jenna Serbu. She's a writer and director based in Los Angeles. She's also a production designer. She's originally from Philly, which is where I met her. I have a ton of admiration for Jenna and her journey, which you'll hear, which started out on the street as a runaway and she got a degree and became a business lady and then became an independent filmmaker. Jen is an award-winning writer and director, probably best known for the 2017 film Smartass, although I urge all of you to look her up and see some of the amazing work she's done as a writer, director, and production designer. Jenna, in a lot of ways, helped me get into my career in Philly. I interned with her company, Sweetbread Studios, back in uh, 2009, 2008, something like that, and we worked on some crazy-ass projects, and it was a lot of fun. A very guerrilla style with a bunch of crazy characters. And uh, we cover a lot of things in this podcast. Too much for me to even get into. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Jenna Serbu. And hopefully I'll be checking in with you guys real soon. Maybe with a little bit of a different direction. And just one last thing before we get into it here. This episode was recorded back in February of 2021, and I'm releasing it in October of 2021. And certainly a lot has changed from then to now, both for me on a personal level and, of course, globally and in this country. And I think that that time and reflection is what's prompted me to want to change course a little bit with the podcast conversations moving forward. I'll leave it at that for now. As always, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for checking in. Subscribe if you want to. Leave a comment. Whatever I'm supposed to tell you to do. Thanks, guys. What's up? <laughs> Not much. <laughs> How's today? Um, today was actually better than it's been in this week. That's good. So there's that. Yeah. Feels Thank like God. feels like there's hope coming. Does it? I don't know. Maybe it's just <laughs> in my head. I don't know. <laughs> but just let me know. cling to that, please. I'm going to give it a note. I won't step on that at all, but I definitely, I don't know that I share that. Yeah. I just know it's been better than the rest of this week. This week was rough and so moody. What a moody week. Yeah. Yeah. This has just been, I was, I finished that, that action movie I was working on and then I, got notes on my last scene and then i tried to rewrite the last scene for like three days finally got it and hunter loved it so thank god so that happened but it was brutal i just kept getting up and walking around circles what is this action movie (laughs) the you know 007 futuristic way a bigger budget than i've ever written oh that's awesome yeah, I mean, it's really freeing. I've never written something where there's like rocket launchers and people falling out of jets and trying to shoot other jets and imagining these giant sets that don't exist. And it was pretty cool. That's awesome. Got, plus, it's an action movie, which I haven't had a ton of experience writing, which was also really fun. Right. And difficult. Definitely a challenge. Right. Yeah, so that, that happened this week. So that's nice, kind of. 
And that was that was that was a rewrite job, or well, they got they had a script, then they didn't want to shop it, and it was rather rough. And I said uh, they brought me on to rewrite. I I think um, uh, they knew that I would not be able to do that because there was not much to work with, and that I would end up just writing it from scratch, which is pretty much what happened. Got it. Yeah, I mean it's a completely different story. But that's now moved on, and uh, that plate is clear, and there's this low-budget movie that's, you know, bugging the crap out of me. Well, how was your week? <laughs> uh, oh, my week was all right. Um, I don't know. The existential crises have, have sort of been at bay. I did have my son calling me a butt-faced weirdo all day, um, but that was fun, you know? <laughs> I mean, I would prefer to be called a, called a butt-faced weirdo than uh, than have to worry about, you know, all the other shit. No, it's been good. I, I worked this week. Um, I'm cutting gotcha. some, you know, featurettes, which is cool. Um, maybe that's where the hope is coming from. But, yeah, I haven't, I haven't written anything in, like, four months, dude. Yeah, that, I've, I've had that happen, but only when I'm on seriously demanding jobs that have no you know breath in between right so do you miss it are you are you feeling a void or you feel like you're you're rocking and rolling without it back when it needs to well i i feel like i've been in this impasse for the last several months where i was working on this project with a collaborator and the collaborator kind of fell off and I was like almost finished with what I was supposed to complete for it. And, uh, and then that kind of happened and I was like, "Eh, I don't don't know. And so I'm like stuck. I feel like I'm in this weird limbo where it's like, I want to write this last 10 pages just so I can feel like I did my part and I can move on. But then I'm like, I can't even touch it because I'm just disinterested. And so I'm finding it hard to like, you know, just, leave something sort of hanging in the wings like that, even though I have so many things that are unfinished, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I, a while ago we were, I was a location scouting in shoot. Where was I? Mississippi. Um, and I was with one of my guys and, and we were started talking about a script that I, I wrote while we were shooting like right before smart ass like right before we went into production on smart ass i started this movie west texas and tried so hard oh my god i gave this movie everything i had for like a year or two right and i couldn't get it right i couldn't get it right i couldn't get and the boys the 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 financers were on board i couldn't get it right i couldn't get it right i kept going back and i just read it today and i'm like this is really good and i'm reading it i'm like this is really good and i'm reading it and i get to page 88 and i've got like i do a highlight i do a yellow highlight whenever i'm working with somebody like that's where i got to and it says this is where i got to (laughs) what there's no i didn't end it i never i mean there's a billion endings but i didn't end this rewrite so it's kind of brutal in the future, but now I'm really excited about the project. Oh, that's awesome. And so maybe it's best that I didn't write the ending because now it can evolve into what it's supposed to be. You right. Know? Yeah, I feel There's like, that. yeah, uh, 
my thing is like with, with this project, I just feel like I'm not holding up my end of the bargain. You know, it's weird because it's like a partnership, you know? So it's like, I feel like even if the other person isn't working on what they're supposed to be working on, if I haven't completed what I said I would, you know, I've come up short. I've failed in some way. Well, what you said they fell off. Yeah. Because when people fall off that I'm working on, it's really hard for me to keep motivated. So I have like carte blanche to do whatever I want at this point, really. Yeah, that's fun. But also, I don't know, I'm pretty codependent when it comes to working <laughs> with somebody on a on a project. Like, I really need a reader. I really need like constant notes. So if that person loses interest, then I'm like, oh my God, there's the project has lost you know the world's lost interest in the project right so then i have a tough time going back but that's my process i mean yeah having you have freedom now i i guess that's one way to look at it that's not the way that i would look at it but because <laughs> yeah. i love parameters yeah i i live for um people restrictions right it's like i was so creative in corporate america because i had to go sit in a cubicle or a bar for how many hours a day right you know and i just couldn't handle it so i was creating every second of every minute that i could get away from that right and those restrictions are super powerful for me right yeah i mean i think i operate best when i have um someone or something to answer to you know, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't have anybody to answer to. I've no, no, I'm doing this for nobody, nothing, just me. <laughs> so, like, what, what incentive do I have? You know, mm. I mean, obviously, I want to be doing this thing that I'm not doing right now that I'm certainly talking a lot about doing, but it's like, I mean, that's, I think that's why I'm, I'm a good editor because I fucking have to do the job for the producer. Like, I have someone to answer to. With writing with any personal project, it's like, I don't know, all I got to fucking answer to is myself. So, like, what's the motivation, you know? Yeah, I mean, the experience that I just had in being paid for that script changed everything. I'm sure. I really, I really rocked that story out in a very quick time frame. Right. Because there was a paycheck at the end of it, and there was somebody reading. It's really what, what I desire in life is to have that at all times. Right. You know, and I can take the the feedback. I, I just, it's, I, I, you know, I took those, I took classes for Sundance last year. Oh, yeah. I want to hear about those. Well, was it last year or was it how? Who the fuck who knows the, at this yeah, point, I was, dude? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I took these classes. Oh, I was working on a movie with um, Mark Dahl and, um, oh, actually a series. And I was like, all right, um, let's, let's hear what the, you know, the Hollywood gods think of how the structure should be on a series and i took a series class with sundance and it was online and i do really poorly really poorly on zoom yeah i i haven't like i i'm watching american gods right now and i'm like god i feel for him um ian mcshane who was my favorite character in any series ever swearingen on deadwood but right. he's this old god battling the new gods and i'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> fucking fucking hate it i hate it i like i like you know brick and mortar and, and face to face and being in class with human beings and watching and you know all of that the experiences and the 
like, you know, quantum information we get from other people and being close to them. And it's just lost in this world. And then you can see people's faces and you think you understand, but all of the senses that you usually have aren't taking in anything. And I hate it. So I'm really, I'm really bad at it. I so I don't relate. get a lot. Yeah. So I don't get a lot from these classes. It was nice. I got a, you know, I got information. I learned more about structure. I got some feedback, but it wasn't like this project. Right. You know, it was like a here, I'm here to be judged by you guys on the computer. This is right. great. Right. I can't imagine what it's like to be a child right now, having to sit down in front of a computer and be told like whether you're good or not by a teacher. I can't imagine. I really can't imagine. I mean, I have a five-year-old, so like there's other issues there, but being like a 10, 12, 13, you know, like any like into that age, no, I have no idea how how they're surviving right now and how it feels and what long-term consequences there are going to be. I was meeting with, I met with a uh, girl last night and she's, I guess, Gen Z she's an influencer um she's trans influencer and she's um and and was on like rupaul's drag race and whatnot and you know we were talking about movies and whether they'll even like all this all this work we're doing will they ever even be watched she said she cannot watch a movie she can't oh just that aged person can't watch a movie you mean the attention span just doesn't exist it doesn't exist it just it's not it's you know i wonder if it's attention span because here's my thing about attention span they can sit and look at a phone right interest right so so i mean yeah the the topic changes but they're literally still looking at like variety of things right on a device not moving but they're directing the experience though and they're directing the experience. That's, I think and that's a big part of it. It is. I, I mean, but she can't watch anything. Now, I live with some 20-year-olds, and like not 20, but like late 20s, and there are more movie files than I am. So right. I, it's, it's a diver- – but, you know, at the younger it gets and the more they live within devices – I mean, this is such a conversation that goes around and around right now, but, but it's changing so fast. Yeah, it's weird. It, it's this this pandemic situation has really accelerated it too oh my god i was and i was talking um mark is writing a pretty beautiful story about world war ii which i know everybody has you know done their take on world war ii but he's got a really interesting angle and I, you know, he got, he got caught up in the fear of, but there's real people out here that did this. And I'm like, yeah, but this is a story and we're storytellers and tell your story from your perspective. And it's very important that your voice tells these, whoever's knocking on you to tell their story. Right. Right. And I said, and you have to, because people aren't going to read a book about it. Like, What's going to happen in the future when I, I mean, I grew up reading. Right. And now it's like impossible for like get through a whole book. I finally got through a book recently, but. Oh, I have so many. I If you look on my bookshelf, there's so many bookmarks in like the middle or, you know, the mm-hmm. first third or something of the book. And it's like, I guess they'll maybe be read one day. I have no idea. I have no idea. But I mean, that- you would think pa- the pandemic would have made you <laughs> like 
face. I got all these goddamn kids, you know. <laughs> I got a lot of fucking going on with these kids. I mean, that's the other thing. Like I talk about, oh, I don't, I don't do anything. I haven't done anything for four months. Like I, I have these kids, so like I can kind of blame it on that, you know, for now. Um, but that's not gonna last long. I mean, it's massive. It's a, it's a massive life change, but. Yeah. I mean, eventually you'll just need it. Yeah. And the time will open up again. I think like when I was really in a groove of, of working on this last project, like I was just, there was nothing else that was happening after 8 PM for me every single night. There was nothing else that I felt like I needed to attend to. So I was just taking care of that. I also wasn't working and like fucking, you know, there was no chores bullshit to do anyway, I'm completely off the reservation right now. Um, so when we, let's just back up a little bit, because I'm very interested in the corporate America stuff that you were just talking about, but like, and this will kind of lead into that, I guess. But like when, when I met you back in like 2008, 2009, whatever that was, you had like, it was like, there was, there was like a whole community of like gypsies swirling around you. I felt like, and like you were doing live events, you had the production company, like how did you get from, I mean, live events, like the drunk spelling bee, how did you get from you know, your corporate date. Like, I don't even know what your story is really up to that point. So tell me that. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I, so I wanted to, I was uneducated and wanted to be a writer and thought I could just, you know, I would happen or whatever. I was very lost when mm. I was m much younger. And I came back, we made a feature film, paid for it in New York and it went nowhere. Uh, it was unwatchable. I think I've seen it since then. Um, and and uh, I was freaking out. And I needed to do something. So I went to school for uh, uh, business economics. And I had a teacher who thought I was, he was, he was gay. And he thought I was just, you know, fancy. <laughs> and he would like, you know, you talk me into coming to be a part of his group and I had no interest in it. And he's like, I'll let you do the displays. So like <laughs> I came into the displays in the risk management section of Fox business school and he got me a job and thank God for him. And I do owe him a great deal. And I told them on my job interview that I didn't want to work in corporate America and especially not at an insurance firm, which I thought this place was. And they laughed at me. Hmm. I said, I just think you're going to be, I'm going to be bored and I suck when I'm bored. And they literally laughed at me and then they ended up with me. Right. <laughs> they hired me and then they ended up with me and it was a bad fit. Like it was a genuinely bad fit. You I told you know, them. I told him, and then my bo my boss laughed at me. Oh, you're gonna have the craziest boss ever! And I'm like, you you guys have no idea what, what I am. Like I'm a, I'm a runaway drug addict, drug dealing ex ex well ex drug addict ex drug dealer ex titty dancer. Like I'm a mess. I've been through. I've been homeless for years. Like what? Wow. And they're like, yeah, you get this crazy woman, and she was. You know, she was like a sorority girl, like sorority girls walk gone wild right. kind of chick. <laughs> and she was cool because she was really driven. Like she wanted to be the most badass producer. And that was kind of cool in the beginning because she was really like, um, you know, she wanted to kill everybody. And I right. liked that about her. But then she got just lazy and... Uh, I learned to drink in corporate America. Mm. I didn't drink. I didn't drink or do drugs at all till I was like, I, and I don't do drugs, but I started drinking when I was 27 or 28. Wow. 
in corporate America. And it's, so the first, so I get hired. I remember I had an eye twitch because that's what happens when I get super overwhelmed. I have like one of those right now. I've had one for like a month straight. I swear to God, I'm actually at the, the point worst. where like, fuck, should I go to the ophthalmologist? Like, is this concerning? But yeah. Fucking no, it's just, it's just stress. To me, it's stress. Like yeah, I, know. I know or nervousness. Like sometimes I'll get them like, I'm like, and then when I get it, I'm like, who's, who's making me nervous? Right. Like what's happening? Um, so I had, I was in finals, got hired at this company in a different world. I'd never been in the real world, like with the quotes, you know, that right. socioeconomic level. Sure. I bought a house for the first time ever that the guy that inspected it told me if I was his daughter, he'd never let me buy it. <laughs> I was like, thanks. All right, I'm not going to listen to you. And uh, still own the house, by the way. And, um, and I bought a house in finals, got hired. And I was just way beyond myself. Right. I had no idea how to handle all of it. And for a year, I learned how to be an electrician, rip down walls and pretend like I could spackle, which I can't spackle at all. Um, and I, I built the house that I lived in for a decade. Amazing. And uh, after th that first year of being in the confines, learning how to live in that corporate world, wear a suit, you know, and, and pretend to be on that level well, get, wait, until I was. Mm -hmm. um, after that year, I was like, okay, I'm ready for something else. And I met Mark Dahl and this guy, Ben Keynes. They, they wanted to start, and they were both theater guys. Okay. And I, I'd like never even been to the theater. I mean, it's really embarrassing. By the time I was like 26 or seven or something, I think a boyfriend finally took me to see like Evita or Cabaret because I grew up with those two albums. Okay. <laughs> So I have no idea what I'm doing. And I joined this, these guys and we start a production company. They wanted a girl. They wanted the diversity. This was diversity before diversity. Sure. When, um, when women were the diversity higher. When women were the diversity. <laughs> yeah. So it's like some Jewish guy. Um, and Mark, who's, who's big queen. Um, and, uh, me and we started this production company and we took off and we did all this stuff for free because we had such heart. God, we believed, like, we just had so much fun. We called ourselves the Tina Gathers Army, and we roped people like you into coming to help us right. and, you know, make ridiculous art that made no sense half the time, avant-garde, weird-ass shit. And we did it for a decade, and it was one of the most creative periods of my, of my life. And we did. We had an army of people. I don't even know how. Yeah, it was crazy. I would. I, I remember the first time I, I saw like the the army. I was like, "Where the fuck did all these people come from?" And how did you like assemble them all? I mean, I think that's like one of my biggest questions. Is like, how do you get people to believe in your what you're selling? I guess, like, you know, I mean, the one time I've ever really felt like. I had the shit under control was when I did my short and there was a very small crew. It was very manageable. I mean, I had it, you know, everything was still like, I knew fucking everything that I was, that I needed to do on the day. But like to get that many people to believe in you, like where you need like self-assuredness and self-belief, like how, where does that come from? Well, is this, uh, we, I just didn't know better. 
<laughs> I just didn't know. I mean, I've heard it so, from so many other people in the world. Like, I just didn't know it wasn't possible. I was like, this is fun and All I want right. to keep doing it. And then I was a train that was unstoppable. So the thing with me that the reason that the army kept growing and kept growing and kept growing was we just never stopped. The second we were done with something, the next thing was moving. Right. The next train. So everybody like would jump on and stay on for as long as they were. And we had multiple projects going out at the same time and different mediums. Like we had the bar event. We would do these theater events. You know, Mark and I were different, such different people. Ben eventually fell off. It just became Mark and I. And then, you know, we just, I don't know. I mean, I, how did I get Dawn? Like I ended up with this amazing assistant that just, did everything without questioning and i don't know why right <laughs> and it was really i think it was because i gave people art right like it wasn't we weren't doing it to be on tv we weren't doing it to be like accepted by hollywood we weren't doing it to be i didn't even know who was who at all like i just did it because uh, for the love of it and i think that passion is you can't pretend to have it because i don't have it here i don't have that same thing in la right um because out here i'm you know i'm i'm here to i want to go to a different level and to be on this different level takes a great deal of money <clears throat> and i never had uh, um i never had large financial backers when we were doing uncut right and stuff like that we'd always like scrape together pennies and you know tony luke gave us sandwiches for a month <laughs> shit like that. yeah i did i got the i mean i hustled some major shit though i got the grounds of the art museum i got philadelphia parks and rec to give me the grounds of the art museum and overnight as long as we wanted to live there for two weeks that's insane like what why why would you do that it's a terrible idea how did you I went, pull that off I, I don't I just kept for a year I kept going over there and kept going over there and I, I finally got into his office and I sat down I'm like you're not allowed to say no to me wow <laughs> and then Mark Dahl got us the across from the Kimmel Center on Broad Street there was an empty lot which is now new buildings being built in it I was there a little while ago I remember ago. that lot that was empty forever and we built a we almost killed a bunch of people we built <laughs> we seriously did it was really bad i'm in corporate america riding a motorcycle in a hurricane from work in heels and a dress and the ceiling of our makeshift tent theater has filled up with water such that the the tarp on the roof is down at my nose from wow. a three-story scaffolding it was oh it was bad what were but you, we did it. What were you built? What was? What, 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 did I miss what was being built? Yeah, I think you came out. That was one of the no, best. No, no. Things. What was actually being built? What were you building? It, the theater that we had. We put the play on in. So you. It, so you convinced built, the city to let you use an empty <laughs> lot to build a makeshift theater with scaffolding. Which, and, and we almost tarp. killed people yeah, with no, and with no plans <laughs> like dawn and my camera guy who was working at who was like the you know set deck guy at urban outfitters like drew a bunch of plans on a piece of paper and i'm like where are the plans and they showed me this i was like that those are your plans all right whatever don't kill people and they almost did mark went home crying and um you know we had to call on this this uh local a fiddler player, this amazing guy, and he came over and made sure that we knew how to keep our roof and our walls from falling down. But they never checked on us. The city never checked. It's insane. We're on Broad Street. We had people, a bum also shit on the us uh, on our 
um, <laughs> chairs <laughs> for that. Like in the night, we came in the morning and there was like bum poop on, <laughs> on our stadium seating. I was like, Don, I can't handle this right now. Wow. But it, it was a lot of drama, but that was one of the best things we did. It's the one thing um, Bria B is an actress that has done really well. And she lives out here in LA. And I, before she came to LA, I conned her into all kinds of shit. And she was the lead in that in that play that I almost killed people in. We almost killed people in, and it was her favorite thing we've ever done. That's insane. That's such yeah. like a fucking band of gypsies. I mean, it's oh, it, cra- it's crazy that you pulled I, that shit off. What a great what a great run. We had so much fun, and it was so hard. But I had energy for days, and just didn't know what I was doing, and kept doing it just kept doing it right but i didn't i didn't wait to see if anybody said yes or accepted me right. or accepted what we did the second we were done a project it was like giving you know it, we were just like like it was an orgy of creation and that once the baby was out it just we moved on to the next thing right i mean so, God, when it, we had such a good time so so you uh, I'm I'm just trying to get this straight in my head. So you wanted to be a writer as a kid. Yeah, that's what I thought I was. And then you just thought that you could just do that somehow. Oh no. Again. I didn't have any guidance and I thought I was so smart and I was just yeah. I just wasn't. And <laughs> I never listened to anybody and I never found yeah, I finally found a mentor. Um when I was when I got off um dope when i was 17 years old in narcotics anonymous i met this lesbian um and she had a master's degree in comparative literature south american studies and i just thought that was everything and i followed her like a little puppy and was just like brain 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 give me your brain give me books to read give me books to and i read so furiously and so intensely for two years Mm -hmm. but with no education like no and she couldn't get a job that didn't fare well for my like learning about the world either right like she couldn't get a job to save her life it was just purely academic it was purely academic i mean she ended up going to switzerland and you know herzog was one of her teachers and um yeah i mean she ended up she ended up making some movies she moved to austin i think with a girlfriend and she ended up um making some movies and stuff but i would i've fallen i haven't talked to her in years um and she worked at nyu as a as a teacher but wasn't making any money there either i mean like it's brutal but so i she i had her for a minute but I was actually, I've been wondering this lately, like how old, cause I'm 36. Is it like embarrassing at this point to be like, yo, I need a mentor. Like, is, is this like, is the ship sailed on me? Like no, having I mean, somebody I'm, fucking guide me? No, I'm a decade older than you and I'm still looking for it. Right. I, I, I don't, and I find it here and there and I find yeah. it a little bit in pieces here and there. I mean, I know that I'm looked at as a mentor and I'm like, okay. <laughs> welcome to look at me as a mentor but um i mean it it depends i mean i'm a good mentor with production design i'm a great mentor with low budget stuff like i know how to pull stuff off totally um a good mentor with like learning like making sure that you take care of yourself and and but i don't know because i'm i haven't really gotten into this this world yet with like agents and stuff like that's an entire learning curve totally 
I'll get it. But, and, and in there, I hope to find, you know, even at my age, I hope, to, but I live with this woman. So I lived with this woman when I first came to town and she's a very, very, very successful costume designer and she's in the Academy and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, underneath it all, I, we all could use a mentor. I mean, right. my mentor also could be 30. Right. Like that's the the truth of it. I, I'm age is age is weird. It does bring wisdom, and you have a lot to pull from. And but it, you've got to be open to that. I don't think your age limits you on finding people to teach you. I think that comes in all forms, right? And especially guide you through Hollywood. I mean, my gosh, this labyrinth of personalities and and politics. It's, it's an impossible it's place. In, in a lot of ways, it's just such an impossible place. I mean, for me to sort of like, because, you know, I want to figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, I, and it's eight years later, I can't figure it out. It's, I still find it completely befuddling, this city and the way it operates and this business, you know? It's funny because it's like you're born into it and you get it. Well, so like when I went into corporate America, mm -hmm. sa same kind of thing, but I had a mentor who said, here, I'm going to show you all the ropes. Right. And it's the same thing when I get on a job on the lot. I like someone's there and they'll, and then, like, I have to tell them really quickly, like, I, hey, I don't do a lot of lot jobs. What's the, you know, give me a, I don't know anything. Just act like I don't know anything. And, the, and they, they do. They give me the lowdown. And within a day, I feel like I've been there for 30 years. So um, it's just a matter of, you know, anywhere we go that we haven't been to before, it's just a matter of finding somebody who will, help us right. navigate navigate it and it's nice to be born into something like this it's also really nice you know people really help you navigate if you become a big deal right like a sensation and right. we're big on sensations right now and right. that would have been nice if smart ass had become a sensation because then all these people would have lined up to find out what was coming next and that's not happening that hasn't happened so that i have to figure out how to make myself important in the next thing Right. It's just, it, it, you know, but that's where, that's, you know, we're outsiders. Right. Without a great fund of like pool of money behind us. Right. It would be a lot different if we were born here or had piles of cash backing us. Yeah. But, you know, and, and so one of my actors, um, he's really just found his success um, and from smart ass. And he had done a lot of like, he had done drama most of his young career and he's from out here but not hollywood and he doesn't come for money at all um and you know he got on survivor's remorse and he got on with the showrunner and he they brought him in the writing room and now he's pitching shows and you know working with he's he's making it yeah like making it like like has really really come up right and but it's been a it's been decades of of nonstop, right? It's just a long ass game. And when he and when he came up, I happened to have been lucky enough to be on the cusp of that. He did smart ass right before he kind of started taking off. Oh, nice! And uh, and he worked so. I mean, it's all he did. He just was. He was a machine for years. Right. And when we talked recently, it was we talked maybe a year ago, or uh, no, it was during COVID. So yeah, whatever. It's been a year now. Um, Jesus. So he, he said, you know, I just was so driven. That's all I was. That's all I did for a year. And that's kind of what I've heard it takes. And right. 
I mean, we're the, we're doing it. We're here. We're living in it. I mean, we look great from afar, right? Oh, totally. I mean, if you're, not, if you're not inside, you know, my head, it looks like I'm living some type of dream, you know? I'm doing something. I'm successful. It's so weird to try to explain to people like... No, I'm not successful. Like, I'm not even fucking close to what the thing is that I actually really want. Yeah. Like, yes, I'm successful. Like, yes, I have a career. Like, I make a living. Like, great. Yeah. Like, I can pay my rent, whatever. But, like, I'm so fucking far from the thing, you know? Yeah, but you you didn't come out here right away. 100%. You know, yeah. and, and that has a lot to do with it. I know with, um, you know, Bria didn't come out here. We didn't come out here right away. Right. And I thank God I didn't, I mean, not because I, my career would be further, but man, I just had such a cool life. Like I can't imagine not having that. I think I would have died. Honestly, I would, I think I would be dead or in jail if I had come out here when I was like 19, 20, you know? Like, I think I needed to sow my oats in Philly, you know, where, yeah. where shit was like the stakes weren't that high. You know what I mean? Well, it's a different, there, there's the youth out here is driven in a way that like, if you get on that train and it starts taking you with it, it's, it's got a plan of its own. It's a, you know, very convoluted, very very destructive right. train right. and there's a lot of people looking to just dis destruct out here because it's so painful on so many levels to be uh creative um that wants to make it right or that want and and man it gets ugly i mean it gets ugly all over the country it gets ugly everywhere it's although corporate america those people are pretty bland yeah <laughs> There wasn't a whole lot. There wasn't a whole lot of very interesting stories out of there. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I was the, I was one of the most, of and I couldn't stay. Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, so, so when did you finish your first script? When did you actually? When did you write your first script? Um. Uh, it's called it was called leftovers i think because that's the name of the heroine that i used to do no it wasn't called leftovers we knew it was blackheart it was called blackheart and we had to change the name to leftovers it's mm. called blackheart over the like heroin that me and this guy ed used to use when we were really really sick in uh in philly and uh when you were a teenager yeah, I got clean at 17 years old. He got clean, I think, at eight. I think he was like 18 or 19. He was a couple of years older than me. And we didn't really, we weren't, when we were getting high, mm. we both had a mutual friend and people used to say that I was the female version of him. Mm. And, but I was too, you know, me. And he used to hate me because I wasn't low key enough. And he was very, you know, he was really into being low key. And there was a murder and all of our lives fell apart because of this murder. And, they went to rehab separately than I did. We all got cleaned somehow. And I uh, met him in like, so our, our rehabs, I think, went to the same uh, Narcotics Anonymous meeting and I saw him. Mm. And we became these weird partners for like three, four, five years. Mm. Like we would be, we were, we were combustible. We were close and then we'd blow up and we'd hate each other. And then we would come back together and we like, you know, would deal together because I never wanted to get high after I got clean. I was like, I'm so over that. I hate being owned. 
right being controlled so when i realized that i was when i finally woke up one morning and was like oh my god i'm a complete I'm in prison. I like build a prison and I live in it in this body. Right. Like this is the only thing I said in my whole life I didn't want. And I've created it and I had to get myself out. So I had no interest in doing drugs again, but I was like, I am out of money. So can we start at least selling drugs? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I meet with him. We're both clean and we start dealing like pounds of weed and I'm, he goes to, he moves to New York. I forget why. And he calls me one day. He's like, "Yo, you right, right?" And I was like, "Yeah." Um, he's like, "Well," uh, and it was Kevin. Kevin Smith was starting. Had Clarks had come out, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Tarantino had just kind of done um, Reservoir Dogs had come out. Like the whole idea of like we, you could make your own movie right, thing. Right. He's like, "Yo, why don't you write us a movie?" I was like, oh, uh, he's like, oh no, you you still writing that story about us? And I was like, well, no, I like it's like a one page. <laughs> he's like, you should we, let's write a script, which meant I write a script, right? And uh, I wrote a really bad script, you know, off the off the fervor of Tarantino and off the fervor of um, that whole time period of rawness and shock. I was a shock value. Uh, like demon anyway i would do I, I started writing my original originally like when i started not not getting kicked out in sixth grade of like writing poems but like when i started reading to the public i started doing poetry slams okay when i first got clean i met okay. that girl holly at poetry it's like it was somehow involved in poetry. my best friend to this day i met at a poetry slam huh. in new in new hope pennsylvania and i was good but i was very shock value and, and the first movie i wrote had was about the same thing it was about this plutonic couple him and i that uh got involved with a mobster that was running a snuff theater Hmm. Nice. <laughs> I needed to get out from underneath him, but that was the story. So that's the first one I wrote, and it, it destroyed me. Writing it destroyed you? No, making it and it not you going didn't make anywhere. It. Yeah, yeah. I have. A, there's a DVD. There's not a DVD. Excuse me. Let me <laughs> take you all the way back. There's a VHS motherfucking <laughs> tape somewhere oh, called awesome. Service. and I think Don and I started to watch it. Yeah. I was like, oh, this shit's unwatchable. Right. Um. But we made it. We made it in New York, That's sixteen awesome. millimeter, like we shot on film. That's awesome. See, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Well, yeah. I mean, I just think it's great that fucking you did that. I don't know. I find that inspiring that you know you did that and saw that through. Yeah, I was like living mm -hmm. in my van on this on the road, and I had I saw I bought a new one because mine broke down and sold it, <laughs> and you know, it was I was driving like a seventy nine Lincoln Town Car. <laughs> There was like white, it had white leather seats and bullets. When I bought it, there were bullets in in the like upholstery. Dude, I pulled out a bag of bullets. Yeah, Lincoln Town Cars, nineteen. That's fucking. That's an amazing vehicle right there. I want it, one it, now. Oh, it's it was amazing. Well, I, I let my bum live in it for a while outside of my house in Philly. He, I would like come out. I'm like, benevolent. don't you leave it? Oh, yeah, I know. Like, yeah, well, you know, I'm not gonna let him live in the house. Right. He was, you know, he's smoking crack, but right. you know. Smoke crack in the Lincoln. I, but if you, but it was like an apartment for Christ's sake. They, right. they, they pay hundreds of dollars a week to do that here. Right. Um, yeah. But, uh, the, I sold my van and you know, I was dancing for money. I think, I don't know if we were dealing at that point, but, um, it, and I, we, we kicked ass. I mean, he did a lot of the producing. I had no idea what I was doing. I was so cocky. I was such a cocky like jerk right in my 20s 
So I, I, I learned, I did, I learned a lot and I just, but I, but it destroyed me when it didn't work out. I, I'm not, wasn't really good at handling failure because right. I hadn't experienced a lot of failure because I had run away from anything that could have looked like failure. Right. Right. So like I pieced out when I was so young on anything that could have even smelled like I would not be successful. Right. So I had no sco coping skills for failure. I had, I wasn't, I was, I was asthmatic. So I didn't have any of those sports, the education you get in sports when your team loses, you try harder. Yeah. I didn't have any of that. Yeah. It's funny. I feel like I'm still struggling with that. I feel like I, I, I mean, I think a lot of the reason why I don't do a lot is for fear of failure. I don't think I ever really learned how to fail gracefully. I think I've just avoided situations that could result in that. Like even, you know, it's funny you mentioned sports. Like I played sports as a little kid and I, I was a fucking rager. I was so competitive. I could not take it when we lost. I bro I, I like... When I was like 12, I punched a fucking like backboard or like a the post that holds up the basketball hoop and broke my hand out of like rage Ooh. from losing. So like I hear what you're saying. I think it <laughs> persists to this day for me. Like I don't really I don't I don't lose well and I mean, I'm much better, obviously, you know, t whatever, all these years later. But like, I do think that I still avoid certain things for fear of failure. And I think I could really use, you know, some last place finishes and, and you know, some fucking rejection, you know. Oh, yeah, it's, it sucks, though. I mean, no matter what, it sucks. Like, the, the smart ass um, was such a feat. And what, what an amazing place I've come to in my life from you know, this, this uncut productions thing and being all of these horrible, you know, all of my titles I had when I was a kid and then, and then being in corporate America and, and having like blossomed as this person that was, you know, working in the nosebleed section of the corporate world in this country. I mean, right. I really got there. I didn't have a position that really warranted me to be there, but my hustle was such that I ended up in those rooms with all those people. And I was, you know, I shouldn't have been there, but I was, and I learned so much from that experience and then coming to like being able to make a movie that I wrote and directed in LA with like, and my lead is Joey King who's taking off. And I was so intimidated by so much of my cast because I had never been here. I had worked with like, you know, these theater actors in Philly. <laughs> Right, no idea. Right, right, right. I had no idea what I was. I mean, it was intense, and I and I like I said, I hadn't been a part of the creative world in any in any professional capacity, right? Ever, and so you know, whereas Mark had been a part of the theater since he could breathe, I hadn't had any of that, and. Right. I, I mean, I don't know if you can see the intimidation on the screen. I don't think you can. I think you can see how green the script was and how I needed to remake the beginning of the movie. Mm. But I don't think I don't think I failed it. I just like for so having done all that and getting that far and then having it not be received was it's a brutal failure right. to me. Of and people are like, yeah. no, it's not a failure. Look at what you did. I was like, no, no, no. No, this is legit a failure. This feels like a failure. Right. But I mean, I still have a movie on Netflix. I still have a movie out there with one of, one of the biggest, uh, you know, young actors right now. And yeah, she's that, everywhere. 
Oh, she's such a bad, and she's the most, she's one of the coolest people I've ever met. Oh, life. that's awesome. Yeah, she's really one of the coolest people I've ever met. And so her family, her mother, they're just next level awesome. And anybody that gets to spend any time with that kid, with that woman now is just so lucky. Right. She's really phenomenal. And, but, but the, but the sting of it, and I get knocked down. Like I get, I'm like, you know, so street fighter, I get the full pounce of it. And, get hit back and it takes a lot to crawl back into my next script right to get the courage to pull it together and believe in myself talk about that like what what does that look like for you like how do you push through self-doubt like how do you you know how do you convince yourself you know that you're good enough that the thing is good enough like how you know how do you do that i don't know if i convince myself that i'm good enough or that that i think that just comes and goes it's like it's almost like like a wave. I don't really control wh whether I believe in myself or not. I do control whether I work. Right. So, like, if I feel like I'm not worth anything and I don't have any, like, oh, so for example, writing this action movie. I mean, at some point, I forget where it was. In some point during it, I'm like, oh my god, I suck. I can't do anything. And I attack myself. Right. And I just, I was like, well, you got to figure it out, don't you? So keep trying. And I remember when I was trying to get the, I, cause the way that I write is I tend to sit down, find a bunch of people on the page, ask them what the hell they're doing and follow them. And okay. it's not at the, I don't recommend it because you end up in like, uh, you know, you've got a shattered glass situation right. where you have to then create a story that you have to find your, your, like your vein of the mountain to get to actual gold. And you've got right now, you've got a shattered piece of glass and you have to find that vein. And, um, it's, it gets, can get really hard and it got really hard the, a few weeks ago and I just went in and scrapped. I was like, simple, you got to go back to simple. You got it. You're, you're, you're running in circles because you're trying to make it too complex, but some days you just write to go through motions and right. So, and you're just, <clears throat> when you're, when you're doing what you're describing, you're writing screenplay pages or are you writing like long form? Like, do no, you no, ever write screen? screenplay pages the only time i stop writing a screen if i'm working on a screenplay the only time i stop i used to do it differently when i was much younger the only time i stop working on the screenplay or the series or whatever it is is if i go into a, a word document and i start asking them questions right so you don't so when you're following them you're literally writing what's happening in into a document yeah, I mean, I'm writing the. I'm usually I'm writing the script, right? And then when I don't know who they are, or what they, I mean, sometimes with like no you know, outline, you, with not with not, with you're just going. Every time, I, every time I outline, <laughs> I'm uh, it's terrible. Right. I I outline and I'm like, why did I do this? This I'm not. I'm never going to listen to it. Right. I'm never going to everything because out of nowhere, this it for me the way that I write is if I if I outline, I just won't pay attention to it. Um, the nice thing about this script was it, I, it was based on a script that was already written that I had to like keep in that vein. Okay. So I kind of knew like this character needed to be like, a, you know, appear and then go through some trial and then, you know, and have to fight this guy and then have to triumph at the end. But that's not like an almost, I mean, that was what as action movie, right? Sure. So it was kind of set up for me, but yeah, I mean, on my heart projects, 
shit's crazy. I wrote an entire, my, one of my, the most proud I am of any script was the very first one I really finished outside of the one I made in New York. And it's called The Hatter's Wives. And I had that story for a long time. I And back then I wrote like long, not longhand, but it was like I wrote prose. Okay. I would write paper, pages of prose. And I wrote, I remember I used to lay in my bathtub in Philly and just listen to, because I had no idea where anybody was. I'd ask them where they were, what's the next scene? And then it would come to me. And I crafted this crazy, like, com like complex movie about a woman that was missing. And I didn't know where she was. And I didn't know if she was alive or dead. And she's dictating how the entire story plays out. And then all of a sudden on page like 90, she showed up. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was so... It's it's fun for me too because I mean mm. my life becomes somewhat exciting. Sure. Right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You're, <laughs> yeah. You're lost. You're lost in another I'm lost. world. Yeah. And sometimes you get very angry. Sometimes it's very frustrating. Yeah. But when it's not frustrating, it's exhilarating. So how did oh. you learn? I mean, how did you when you wrote the first one? Now you wrote the second one. Like, what? How did you know what to do? Like, did you read other screenplays? Like, how did you know how to write something? I mean, I know you said the um, first one's completely unwatchable, so maybe it's not like the benchmark <laughs> of, you know, no, 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 screenwriting. We I don't even remember what it is. But really. like, how the fuck, you know, like, how did, so, you, how did you know what to do? It's a really good question. I mean, because like, I kind of know what to do. I've read these books and shit, and I've read some screenplay. Like, I kind of know what to do, but I, I still don't really know what to do, you know? It's like, how the fuck do you know what to do? You just do it? I didn't. I right. didn't. And I you told you, like, it. for a right. decade, I did. It. For a decade. So, the first play I did, when Mark and I and Ben got together, we did a thing called Triptych, where it was three plays. We each had our own play. <clears throat> and I'm, my mother has, my whole life, she's fantastic. She um, has asked me to kill her when she goes see and I all my entire life. And she had, got, she had gotten, she had broken up with a boyfriend and she was a mess for like four months. Oh my God, this single woman, she can't be single. She's a, she's devastating. And she just pulled, convinces me I have to find her heroin. I have to kill her. And she oh said, God. she said it to me the other day. It got really bad there for a little while. And I wrote a play about two kids that twins that died. Um, and you know, they're, the day that they signed a contract to kill their mother had was coming up, and they convinced their sister to do it for them. Wow! Because they're because they're ghosts. But I, it was just I, you know, loved a few movies, right? And I, I loved banter, and I don't know, I, I just didn't know what I was doing, right? And I, I remember I had this, you know this one friend and he his he had his mother come watch a rehearsal oh you know how i learned this is how i learned i forgot and i owe this all to um to i will teach this over and over again when i started this company with these guys the one guy pulled not mark the other guy pulled me aside and said no matter what you have to act like you know what you're doing right and i said what well, i but i I don't know what I'm doing. You have to act like it. You have to act like it. And I was like, yeah, okay, okay. Because I'm really good at listening to people. Right. And I sat down with this. So I had an older actress. She was like in her 70s. She's amazing. I had Bria B. I had Keith Canellan, who's like won so many awards. And Bria B's here. And she's an incredible actress. And I had, you know, a girl from, um, she was graduating. And, you know, she was really good in school. And I sat down with these actors. And I looked them all dead in the eyes. And I said, I've written this and I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. <laughs> and they looked at me and I said, 
are you on board? And they said, we're on board. I said, okay, let's figure this out. Nice. Wow. And I just listened to them and I watched and I, you know, and then when I started making films, oh God, I learned the hard way. I made a film and I showed it at a bar to like on a film screening night because we used to have them. It was so adorable in Philly. And um, I could feel that I was just trapping these people and boring the shit out of them. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so, everybody, I'm so sorry. And I just learned by that. And then I became the opposite. I would edit everything way too fast. It was really hard to follow stuff because I never wanted to bore people. So you just like, cut a million times. It, it was just made it like completely insane. I mean, if you've seen Eye of the Tiger, you would, yeah, you would know. Right, 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 it's, right. Like unwa- it's unwatchable at times. <laughs> But I'll tell you, it's a brilliant, unwatchable movie. Yeah, I need to rewatch it. I mean, I haven't seen it in probably ten years. I found it on. I, I found I could, it recently. I can't we, find we it anywhere. It. Yeah, it's. Oh, well, did we, you upload it? Oh yeah, it was no because you couldn't find it because we hid it. Okay. And I watched it recently with like a twenty-four-year-old girl, mm-hmm. and she was complete. She a she understood it. Right. And I, maybe the top, the the people can catch things now that they couldn't catch then. And you, I don't know, but you should. You, I mean, just because you know everybody, it'll be more right. interesting for you. But it really, and it was before its time. I mean, right. it was a you know we were taking stabs at reality television, right? In when what two thousand eight something like that? Well, no, in like two thousand and five oh, or six. Wow. Yeah, 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 like. Yeah. You know, it was just, had just entered onto the scene and we were really, we were throwing grenades at it. Right. And um, that was a, that, I had friends for a year in the editing, editing room. My editor and I, we would sit next to each other in my apartment every second that I wasn't working and we would edit and we had best friends in these two characters, Katie and, uh, and Tiffany best friends. Right. You know, did I ever tell you that I went to see Corey Haim in New York? No. I mean, in Canada. No. Oh yeah. Yeah. We went, we took the script to get Corey Haim on board. Holy shit. And, he, and we met his mom. We went out to dinner with him as well. Wow. How'd you, <laughs> yeah. how'd you get connected with Corey Haim? I, well, you know, Ro- Rocky is, was a good little producer. Huh? You know, she's a badass. I didn't know she, she was involved with that. Well, I she was in and out, right? Okay. So I did the play with with the Teeny Others Army. Then the play was so successful that we did a, a you know we had a second coming of the play, and then we I adapted it to uh, screen. And Rocky came in, and we tried to pitch the you know script for a little bit. And I was you know it took me a year to get the art museum. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. So I mean, we were just it was just part of our the stuff we were working on. Right. That um, was brutal. We took, we, we put people through it on that, that one. On that, the, Tiger. Oh my God. I can't even like you. They, they hated me. They ha- Bria hated me. Hated me. You filmed because it was, two, was it a two week shoot or was it, it was way a, longer? It was a two week shoot. Well, it was way, it was a year long shoot with right. the two girls in the, in the apartment, right. all the stuff, but the, everything at the art museum was a two week shoot. Right. And it, but it was a, a sweltering hot out there. And it wasn't like we had a decent accommodations for anybody. We had like a shitty, oh, it was, no, 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 it was wrong. Were was you paying wrong. people? No, I didn't pay no. <laughs> money. We, our sound person, I cannot believe you can hear the movie. Right. Our sound person was a theater lighting girl. <laughs> like, 
what? We had no business making well, that movie. That's what None. I don't understand. So, I mean, maybe that's more the question. Like, how the fuck did you get so many people to just do shit? Because they wanted to. I mean, that's it. Because they wanted to. And the, the, we, there's passion. It was, it was passion. Yeah. And we had like, you know, and Mark and I would fight. And we were very dramatic. And, you know, it was everybody wanted to like it, it, filming People weren't, I also would say this, not everybody was able to make a film like they can now. Sure. Like we had, uh, even though it was just DV, a mini DV, and it wasn't anything special, we were some of the first people that were out there just making crazy art. Right. And we just were on it and we were doing it one after the other. And I didn't know how to edit. I didn't know anything about anything. And I just freaking learned. Right. I was like, I don't know what Final Cut is, but let's mm -hmm. learn it. Right, and, and from there, we everything we just learned. It's I'm, you know, it's unfortunate though because people that do really well in this world are like are ex experts at a thing. Sure. And I never became during that period. I was just a jack of all trades. I we did everything. It's funny. I think that like I've always had like this, and I don't know if this just comes from upbringing or whatever, but like I've always had this like huge concern with you know stability you know and like i gotta be making money i gotta be making money is this fuck am i making money doing this thing or is this thing leading me to money and i think like and i've also never been like completely homeless i mean like i've like surfed on some couches for a few months like i've had some dark times but i've never really been like completely 100 percent rock bottom down and out and i think the combination of those two things was a hindrance to ever really like dive in fully to exactly what you're describing. Just like doing shit that you want to be doing because you want to be doing it. And it does, you're not really concerned about, you know, the next meal or the rent or whatever. Cause that's just going to come if it comes and when it comes. Uh, well, see, I, being, I get it really, really intimately what you said, because I was homeless of my own accord and I know what starving feels like. And I am absolutely scared to death to not have stability. And for the first time ever, when I got into corporate America, I had stability and I didn't know how to let that go. And I overstayed my welcome by seven years because of it. Right. But, but because I had, I had that stability out of all of us this whole time that the, the, all this was going on you had the corporate oh yeah i worked two full times oh yeah oh full time non-stop okay. okay yeah he, uh so i worked during the day and i you know i didn't i wasn't very good at my job so i got <laughs> i got away with a lot i you know sometimes i wrote scripts there i mean as they were getting rid of me at the very end i wrote all these children's books while i was sitting in this cubicle because they wouldn't let me out Wow. They put me in cubicle prison mm. to try and get me to be a good little girl, and it didn't work. When was this? So, like, all of your uncut productions, all of like the Sweetbread Studios time was you were working this corporate job. When did you leave that job? 2002. Okay. 12. There's 2012. Two, no, 12. There's 2012. Right. 2002. 2002 is when I got it. Right. And I started right. everything in 2012. My life changes drastically on the twos. So 2002 is when all of that stuff that gave me the eye twitch happened. And in 2012 was when I got fired. Got it. 
and then you and then you got you got fired and you stayed in you were in Philly for like a year or two after that before you like made the LA the big LA move right the official one yeah, well, I worked on, I got four, I had four months off and I learned how to cook. That was very interesting. Um, and I started doing, I was really, I got into artwork at that period too. I started doing a lot of artwork and painting and sculpting. And I got really involved in that whole world. <clears throat> and somehow I wasn't as afraid of money during that period, but I had bought a house and I had, I had rental income. Right. So I had a little bit of security in that. <clears throat> and I just wasn't as worried. And then I got a job on Amish Mafia and I, been in the entertainment loop of having jobs and not having jobs ever since. Right. And it becomes significantly less scary once you've lived it for a couple of years. Uh, does it? <laughs> <laughs> like, does it? I don't I mean, know, you're dude. So, I don't know. You're so brave. You're so brave having children. I can't, I don't know. Dude. Every waking minute, I try and think about how I'm going to buy a property or buy an apartment building. Or, right. You know. I know. So no, just know. for some it's passive income so that when things go crazy or if I end up getting like, say I can get a movie made or, right. you know, I wasn't paid for smart ass. They paid for my housing and they paid my expenses, but like I didn't make money those years. That's, that's crazy. Well, that's crazy. I mean, that's, what's what it but is. That's though. part of the deal. Yeah. That's part of the deal. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've, you've always had such like a unique aesthetic, like in your production design work, like, in your writing, like I, I'm thinking of that that one script that you sent me. I can't even remember the name of it. The the fucking crazy shit is happening on the farm and the fucking the parallel universe. Whatever is happening. Anyway, you you're like you're very singular in your I vision. I think. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? No idea. No, it's the no fucking, idea. there's like pigs oh, and shit. There's like. Oh, oh, American Wizard in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, okay. they, oh, yeah, insane. yeah. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, that is fucking insane. Like you, there, you write some, some wild and really yeah, original good. shit. Yeah. And so what was it like to make smart ass and Ugh. have that be. Cause to me, like I, I watched that movie. I appreciated that movie. It's well done. Mm -hmm. It's well written. It's well directed. The performances are good. It's good. It's a good movie. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like yours. In, it's in not. It's not. Never wanted to make that movie ever. I never wanted to write that movie. I got. I got beat the fuck up hard by this shitty producer in New York. He. I was crying. I was like close to him. I was crying. I remember I was on his like bathroom floor and some rented mansion and outside of new york mm. and i'm in tears and i'm just like i can't do because i because corporate america you know in order to be that productive you have to be in pain right like i was in it was brutal i talk about it like it's this amazingly like rainbows and sparkles decade but i was miserable all the fucking time right because i just hated being there i hated be i was somebody's like attache and i fucking hated that and i just was in the wrong world and i knew what i was doing it for because i couldn't be without stability anyway i try and sell um on, uh eye of the tiger and you know this producer doesn't like it i take it like his seminar or whatever he doesn't like it uh he likes strong spelling but he doesn't like eye of the tiger hmm. and um he you know i became really good friends with him and he's like well okay write me a script he goes okay okay fine fine write me a script give me a script by like february 12th or something right it's like december or november 
And I had that movie that I'd always like been in love with. And it gave me a reason to write it because I like we had started this conversation. Somebody was waiting for it. Somebody gave me a date. Mm -hmm. And I wrote what I still believe to this day was a brilliant script, was a brilliant first draft of an idea. Mm -hmm. Brilliant first draft. And he uh, gave it to his readers. I do that with the air quotes, um, who I'd also was friends with his like partner that was the reader. And um, they eventually gave me feedback saying like that I didn't have any character development and this, all this stuff that was just the opposite of what my problem is. Right. And I was like, yeah, well, okay, thanks guys. I never thought it would be up your alley anyway. And I gave a very terse, very quick response to the email and they read it. They actually read it, right? Mm -hmm. And then they gave me feedback, which was an opposition to the first feedback they had given me. So I knew I was being played. And uh, when I went to talk to this guy, he was like, you know, he was, before I realized they had never read it, when right. I actually believed him, he had uh, said to me, um, you know, well, you just, you know, what do you know about 18th century hat making? And what do you know about like extreme wealth and all this stuff? And da da da. da. He's like, you need to write what you know. And wait, is the this the Hatter's Wives? This is the script that you wrote? Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. 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 Yeah. So I had the tiger thrill of the fight. There was no script for that, right? <laughs> you do have to watch it you'll get such a kick out of it it's such a straight up like shit show you were just recording also, shit and having people fucking improv i mean it was like I the regirios so, basically i was like right? totally regirios was getting them so drunk oh my god i was getting oh my god i was getting chris <laughs> d'agostino so fucking drunk i mean you could see it they're brilliant though right. they're brilliant comedians and they're brilliant timing and like i if i feel like i've failed anything i failed these great people that had no names at the time and i could have had i been a little better or a little more successful could have elevated them to the place where i really believe they deserve to be amy schaefer i mean um ish ish klein she's the katie and i don't know what her name is now she might have changed it. she's a very interesting girl mm. uh, she's a poet i mean i just wish i could have elevated them and their careers a little bit because they're so funny well you do what you can Wait, oh yeah, so, I'm right. <laughs> Seriously. You, know, you can. Don't fucking flog yourself over that. So this guy says to you, what do you know about Yeah. This what do you know shit. about hats? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know about hats. You don't know anything about hats. What do you know about poison? You don't know shit. Right? Well, you know. So in two weeks, I wrote this story about when I was sold as a, as a runaway. Right. And I'm like, it's makeable. You know, I had been writing with uh, Tony Luke. Tony Luke was like trying to get a rewrite of a vampire versus verse, uh, vampires, <laughs> <laughs> vampires versus werewolves movie at the time. And I was friends with God him. God bless and I'm Tony like, Luke, man. I, I was I was like, it was, you should, the, the scene was amazing. I was like, Tony, we can come up with a new bet, like bad, a big bad. We can do it. We can do it. And he's walking around and he's like, Jenny, you're giving me a headache. You're giving me a headache. <laughs> and he sits down in a chair and he goes, angels. And I looked at him and I said, come clockwork orange. I can write that script. Mm. I can write that script. I can write angels. Be I can write that. Right. And I wanted to write like these, and I did. I ended up writing Guardians, the, uh, but Tony didn't like his, my writing and Tony didn't really gel. We're so different. Sure, yeah. Um, so then I write Smartass, and I'm like, I write this fucking movie, whatever, and I let it go. 
Yeah. And then Rocky wants to make Guardians. She wants to she wants to quit her job at uh, House of Cards. She does quit her job at House of Cards, and she wants to go make Guardians. She wants to pitch it, but that's a big pitch. It's a series. It's yeah. mass. It's a massive pitch. We were un, one unprepared, and God bless this woman and her bravery. Just like I'm going out to LA, and I'm going to make this. We're going to make this series. And I was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> I'm a dumbass. I'm like, yeah, sure, and. Uh, we brought one of our, you know, our the, who ended up being the producer. He was working on Angels, the, the Guardians, with us, and it wasn't going anywhere. And he was frustrated, and I knew I was going to lose him. And I was like, "Hey, I have this script about me," hmm. and I threw him smart ass, and then him and his brother made it. Got it. And then, yeah, no, it's definitely not. It's so not what my my worlds are so different. <clears throat> and you know, you really have to listen to your heart sometimes in this. But I won't. I wouldn't have that movie if that dude didn't, you know, yeah. tell me tell me that I had to write what I know because they wouldn't have made they couldn't have made Hatter's Wives, right? And nobody Hatter's Wives has a market, but it's very it's it's not the market that a smartass would be or they right. thought it would be. Like, unfortunately, you're not going to get to make the movies that you want to make <clears throat> until you've proved successful in making the movies that they want you to make basically, or you've made the movies that you want to make on your own and garnered yeah. enough attention that you're able to make, you know, yeah. that it's, and I, you know, I met, I met some really, really impressive guys, uh, mostly guys here in LA that are like, you know, getting their movies made. They're finding money and they're not from money. Like they're just doing it. They're just like raging. Um, they're really good at the talk. Right. They're really good at the LA talk. And yeah. I'm and I'm I mean, I'm blown away by them. I'm impressed with them. I know I've got the creativity and I know I have the originality and I know I have the the gumption and the and the talent. I don't have that talk. Yeah, the talk's tough. The it's a talk's thing. tough. I find myself feeling out of place a lot out here and feeling like you know, very quickly stereotyped for, for, you know, what I'm not that far removed from, I guess, you know? No. And we're, and we're not. And, and I think it, it's funny. It's just like, if you can keep them hooked, like if you can keep them hooked and keep them and keep talking and really people love to, people love to know who's interested in what and this person, but if you got to keep that train rolling, right? it can't be like one person's interested in then blah, blah, blah. You have to be like this name and that name and throw this name out. And this person's interested. And then they also are close to this person, this Dude, person, this person. That's fucking crazy though. Do you, I, don't have, I know, but yeah, do you, I don't have that in me, dude. I don't have that. I just don't have that level of fucking name droppery like i just i don't know man i don't know maybe i don't know maybe i do maybe this is just whatever i'm learning it's a little Excuse. more i'm learning that it's a little more than name dropping it's you are literally building a web and people are you're building a web in front of someone's face that they can't see through and you're huh. the spider Right. In the middle of the web. And you have to build that web large. And, and even if it's based in total bullshit, even if the fringes fall away, because half of these people, the web doesn't end up happening. They fall out of favor with a girlfriend or so-and-so isn't interested anymore. You've got to build this web and, and it's storytelling. It's, right. you know, it's really, and that's not the type of storyteller I am, um, which also has led me to believe I'm not a good storyteller at times. Mm -hmm. Like I, it's been a, a brutal self-attack that I can't 
weave these webs for people. But really, that's what I've started to see it as. And I can almost envision it when people are doing it. And those who are good at it, I'm just like, I'm so impressed. Mm -hmm. I'm so impressed. I, 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 you know, I have a sense of jealousy, but there's this just bigger sense of awe of like, what a talent. What a skill set right. you figured out. That's the skill set that gets you uh, the people with the money starry-eyed. And, and also, you know, it, you have to be an artist. Like, if you want to be um, the Bob Dylan at the back of the room that's on, you know, wearing shades and doesn't want to talk to anybody, you better have that music to be speaking for itself. Right. Because you can be him, you can be that person, you can be that, like, I think Billy Bob Thornton, when he talked, uh, the producer that made me write Smartass, um, or, you know, pushed me to write mm -hmm. Smartass, um, he made uh, Sling Blade, yeah. and he met with Billy, and Billy Bob, according to the stories, because I only know it secondhand, is uh, that he hated producers and he didn't want to talk to them. And he he wasn't anybody big. He had just made a short film. That's all he had ever done before Sling Blade, right? It was his very uh -huh. first thing, yeah. But he was brilliant. <clears throat> but his brilliance was, they could see it. Right. His brilliance was there. And, you know, he he's, you know, I don't know what he was, became or what he was like after or what kept him from wanting to talk to producers. He must have changed since then. He's done so much stuff. Sure. But, you know, I mean, his artwork, his art's, spoke loudly enough right and you know there's ways to do that now what's the movie insta famous everybody's telling me to watch i have no idea i'm so i'm i'm i feel like i'm 400 years old dude i'm so out of the fucking loop of everything well it's, it's where you it's where mm. you cobble together a following a false following based on non-truths online right you know i mean uh you you create your i mean we could probably do it as artists i mm -hmm. i i think um it's just a matter of being good at that game and again it's another game it's another web that you're weaving to get everybody stuck in right and you know the stickier you are mm -hmm. the bigger your web the more everybody gets caught up in you right so so <clears throat> let's talk about writing a little bit <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah why i can't do it i guess I, I don't i mean i don't think that you can't do it i think that it's really nice when you have somebody like you need to pick some people and be like hey i'm writing this thing would you read it and could you give me a date to give me because i'll i do that for people i'm like all right i'm gonna read your thing and i'm gonna tell you that i need the next thing all oh, right this you read date. my thing you i did yeah. write that other thing I did complete that other thing. That's right. And you did read yeah. that. That's right. Yeah. yeah I have you just written need to, things. You need to just grab people and say, look, I need you. I need you to fucking cool. hold me accountable is the thing. Yes. I need people to hold me accountable. But it's like, that's like this trust and vulnerability thing. And also it feels like not only do I have to make myself vulnerable, but I also <clears throat> am asking you for something and like, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm, I don't ask for help. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to ask for a favor. It's hard to do that. 
Well, you want to be manipulative about it. You find an actor that really wants to act, and then you, <laughs> you like that's. I mean, that's another way to to do it. Is right. like you find somebody that is a, not even being manipulative, really, but it's it's just it's how we do it sometimes. I mean, <clears throat> you find somebody you know is going to be interested in a character and get really behind it, and then they'll give you f sometimes really great feedback, right? If they're intelligent, if they're an intelligent actor, sometimes you can get really great feedback and you're both feeding each other's art. Right. You know, it's, it's really, it's soul food for both, like for everybody at the end of the day. And I think that's, you know, going back to how I created so much stuff and I, it was all soul food. Right. <clears throat> right. We fed people constantly with feelings of like accomplishment and being part of a group and do, like that feeling man that'll make you move mountains right it, like it's that stuff so and and i don't i haven't built it here i i i keep saying i don't know how i i just it's just a different different vibe but that's how you get you gotta re, like give them something and then you'll get back right that's a good point right i mean i, I don't know Oh, it's, it's really difficult. I don't know if it's because I'm so like, like, I don't want to be asked to do a favor. <laughs> Cause I'm like, fuck you pay me, you know, but like, and, and I feel like I don't have enough, you know, I have you, there are a couple people, you know, that I have that I could ask and would read my shit, you know, and, and, and would, you know, hold me accountable for, you know, what I'm asking them to do. But, you know, other people, it's like, I can think of a couple mutual friends that we have, mutual acquaintances that we have, and I would not want to fucking ask them for a favor because I wouldn't want to owe them one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't look at it as, as like that. I, I really don't. I'm not really good at like, uh, <laughs> good at that i uh I, I think that's a it's a very italian i'm gonna be you know uh it's fine just it's, fucking it's, just be it's real very, <laughs> it's a very italian thing well i mean it's just like you know well, i'm gonna do this for you you gotta do something for me but it's but it's like you know creativity is a little different of a bird um right. If like, I know that when I just ask people to read a script because it's a script I'm working on, I'm really asking something of them and that's, and that gets tedious. But if I'm asking somebody to read a script because I want them to come on board and maybe help write, produce, or create a, uh, create a package with me, then I'm giving somebody an opportunity. I think that's the exact thing. You just you just hit the nail on the head though. It's that the 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 mindset that I'm entrenched in is not one that lends itself to this world. You know, I'm like stuck in a way in that modality of thinking, you know, of like, well, fucking I, you know, the exactly what you just said. Well, I think, but you, you did give back. Like you gave, I mean, you came and worked with me. Of course. I didn't pay anything. I didn't pay anything. Of but course. like, I mean, it, it's, it's just, it's just a matter of, of give and take to the best, to the best of your ability. I, I don't really know how to do it here yet. I, right. I, it's, it seems like I'm just 
saying the same thing over and over again, but I haven't figured it out. I mean, I spend a lot of time with Mark still and we have each other, but even that's, you know, sometimes that's not enough. You need to, you need to enlist people. Right. Um, and, but everybody's, here's the thing out here too. Like everybody didn't have their own idea in Philly. Everybody has their own idea. Right. It was a lot easier to get people on board. Oh my God. It was so much easier. You start talking about your ideas here. Everybody's got an idea. And sometimes you need to listen to what other people have to say. I, I mean, I get steamrolled <laughs> all the time by those guys that like build the, like that could talk it. Right. I have like, I'm like, I got I'm just here. Right. <laughs> right. Here I am listening to you. I'm kind of losing interest. And I, I think you're just using me to like work out your pitch for somebody that is going to be more valuable. Right. Um, <clears throat> but you can, but you, you know, and you were in acting class, weren't you? Didn't you take some acting I've classes? taken a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 I mean, there's, that's, that's ripe for, for people. Yeah. I mean, I shoot <laughs> that is like, I, cause I, if I was in an acting class, I could probably whip up a good, a good amount of people to do stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. It's that like fucking enterprising thing though. You know, it's, it's like, that's where I think that's where I get, I, I find myself getting in my own way and overthinking that, you know, that process of like, how, how I'm going to, you know, there was one guy and I was like, ah, I'm going to write something and I want this guy to be in it with me. And then, you know, I didn't write it, but I did <laughs> talk to him about it. And I did have the idea and like his enthusiasm reflects exactly what you're suggesting, which is that you could very easily get people on board with, you know, with belief in yourself and with, you know, real, authentic you know or excitement about you don't i see for me sometimes it's more excitement about the idea of it right like i got a bunch of people on board on american wizard right i just couldn't get to the next level once like and then i couldn't get money for it and maybe the script wasn't right yet i don't know like i don't know what happened or it was so out there that nobody really understood it i remember the youtube meeting i had was just an absolute disaster but they didn't know who they were you met with youtube yeah it was a it was a disaster (laughs) but still you met with youtube (laughs) had no idea they were like well they were because they were they were pissed because they had just bid for like a serious drama at sundance and the the movie went with a lower bid because they didn't want to be associated with youtube right and youtube's butt was sore and they didn't want to be known as youtube right and i had written a script for all of their stars right and they couldn't see it. That's crazy. That's, it was yeah, great. No, that, that's perfect. That's a perfect place for it. Um, yeah, it's a shame. And then I thought about doing it as a as an animation, but like that that's a lot of money yeah. and a lot of time. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't so in love that I was willing to drop everything and go to, like, mm-hmm. you have to be in love with the idea. It's not even... I don't know if it's belief in yourself because I don't think belief in myself is what made all that stuff happen. I think it's just belief in the, I wanted to do it. I wanted to, I wanted to make, I mean, if anything, if I die before some of these scripts get made, I'm, I'm most sad that they didn't get to have life. Right. You know, it's, it's more about them than it is about me. Now when, when I'm in a meeting for money, yeah, then it's all about, 
then it's all about believing myself. Right. A hundred percent. How how did you get how did you get to pitch YouTube? Oh my See, that's Hunter the shit and I, I don't understand. Like how uh, do you fucking get into a room? Well, I so smart ass got my guys into right. WME and CAA. Okay. So money got them and my talent got them into rooms and then they were able to and also they're they're from the one percent. So right. half the people they grew up with are working at these places, you know. I right. mean, people people from CIA that are like that were newbies at the time have read my scripts and stuff right. like that, but they were in a position to do anything. You know what I mean? Like they had just gotten the jobs and stuff like that. Sure, sure. So for a while there, I had I had that in, and if I complete, you know, and and you know, with the one I just completed even though it's like a 60 million dollar movie um <laughs> if if not more yeah. uh you know i might have those meetings start to pop back up again right and it just kind of fell off and then i you know we do things for money and we're just gone and then the guy you know my producer that i'm closest to had it ended up like building a life marriage and kids and stuff mm, got it and that that changed that storyline got it and I'm not, I'm not like, I don't attack this world the way you need to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm almost wondering, I'm almost wondering if like making another short is, is a way to go potentially, um, or, you know, just ma having another calling card, you know, something, but then I feel like. Well, to me, the reason I haven't done that, and I totally agree that you should, you should do that, yeah. but I haven't done it because I don't have any single short that I have enough passion about that I would go through and make. You also have a feature though. I mean, you are you, like, you have, you've proven it. You've already done it. So like, yeah, but I haven't done, I haven't done something that like, it has that, like I said, you have to, if you want to be in the back of the room and not play the, all the played everybody you have to have the song right and i don't have it yet so i have to do that i just don't no short film is talking to me right no no short is screaming make me and and none of my none of my scripts none of my stories have anything in them that could be done in a shorter format i mean maybe we really winky but i don't even know right but so if you have something, then it's yeah. A fucking fantastic title, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I really need to make it. I don't, I, just think don't, you, I, I don't think I've read that. Oh, it's so ridiculous. It's about Mark and I. <laughs> right, 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 right. I've, I think I've heard it, but it's it's about Mark and I, and it's and it's interesting. Um, but I don't. Uh, here's the other problem I've found in L.A. Ready? Mm. I don't know any actors. Right. Isn't that weird? Very weird. But have you been to a lot of theater in LA? No. It's mostly pretty bad. Yeah, I've I've seen one play here. Yeah, yeah. I mean and the actors that I know that are good won't party with me because they're too they're huge. Right. Right. You know, like I mean or I haven't written a good enough thing to like convince them. Sure. Uh, I don't know. I think those are all excuses. I think I'm just making a bunch of excuses and that's disgusting. So, I mean, that's what I do for yeah. hours at a time on, on this, on this, in this format and to other people. But yeah. Um, I think though, I think you're right. I think, <clears throat> well, for me, it's not belief in myself. It's, it's belief, it's love and obsession with the project first. Right. 
And then once I have that belief in myself, will like makes me pick up the phone. Right. Right. Yeah. That's that's yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just I I, th- I guess it's just just getting out of getting out of your own way, really, and just like having that first. It's re- it's just work. It's work. I mean, that's it's all. Just, it's, it's just work. Yeah, it's just you're gonna have you're gonna believe in yourself. You're not gonna believe in yourself. The the tide's gonna come in and this moon's gonna shine and some bitch is gonna tell you that Mercury's in fucking retrograde for the fifty thousandth time. I heard and, that today. You know, oh my god, I, I like I swear to God because I've been in such a bitchy mood all week. I'd be like, if somebody else tells me the goddamn Mercury's in retrograde, <laughs> rip their fucking head off. But but um, you just gotta do the work, right? Yeah. Because no matter how you feel or what's happening or, you know, you can use every the, the COVID or the president or, you know, any your mom excuse, or your, any excuse, PTSD, yeah. whatever it is, is, is we can, you can just keep running yourself into a hole and, and you're welcome to get up and walk away from the table, but you got to put your ass back down in that seat. Right. You get up, walk around in a circle, sit back down. Right. Bang your head against a wall. Take a shower. Sit back down. Like right. do whatever it is, you gotta keep doing it. And and we need to. And because we don't have any agents running after running around with our stuff, we need to take it to the step further and do the other work of like, you know, the real work, getting it out there and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, writing's one thing, but but really like making having respect enough for the project. Yeah. I think you you might benefit a little bit by taking you out of this scenario and say it's not me that I have, you know, belief in and it's not me that I, you know, uh have have um you know, I, I guess it's just belief. It's uh it's the project. Right. And let the project have its own life. It's it's also <laughs> it's funny because you know, I could say all that shit about Oh yeah, the last four months and what was happening in October and this and that when I was actually <laughs> writing all this fuck. The only thing I haven't done in the last four months is actually open the laptop and start writing. Like yeah. that's the only fucking thing. I just haven't opened it and instead I've just talked about it and been like, why can't I do this? Oh, it's because of this thing and that. Th- it's like it's fucking lunacy because the only so way I'm going to do it is if I do it. And the funniest thing is, you you've you've built it up into this huge thing, and it's huge. just not. You're gonna sit down and you're gonna be like, "Oh my god, why did I waste so much time not coming back to this?" You know, and it's probably like because the fucking scene that I was writing too, I didn't know exactly where it was going, and then I got scared probably, and then I created a four month narrative surrounding why I couldn't <laughs> finish it. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, "Oh, but I got all these other movies that I just can't write yet because I gotta fucking finish this thing first. But my collaborate, I mean, dude. What well, the I, fuck? yeah, but you're going to end up in that situation all the time. Like you're going right. to end up in, in that situation all the time. And you've got to let, you've got to let, I don't know that I, I don't actually know that this advice is any good. What I do, what I do with that. So what I do with that, like I told you, I read that script today and I got to page 88 and there was no ending. Mm-hmm. And I had rewritten that script for two years straight. I mean, really fucking wrote hard. So you wrote uh, a v, you wrote of a, a first draft to page 88 billion drafts and this last draft i wrote i must have gone back in and i got to page 88 i think it got too hard again and then i started a new project got it but i went back and i read this morning like i sat i read on my phone i read to like page 
88 because and you want to know why this is this goes right back to what we were just talking about other people mm -hmm. i told you i was with that kid in mississippi and we started looking at this movie i had west texas and how i thought he would like it and i'm just trying to get somebody you know the the movie comes up and it wants somebody to like it right right so like the and i learned how to do this in my very when i very first wrote hatter's wives i had a i had a bike messenger boyfriend he was such a miserable shit and he never gave me any philosophy he was such a dickhead and he i was struggling between hatter's wives and the movie i had since i was 15 years old which is about um women murderers during world war one in in hungary and i didn't know which which one to write and he said why don't you have this the character describe you and i was like what this what so stupid and um i went to pho which is the only food i eat in the whole world and i sat down and, and i did i got smart which is what i call when people eat by themselves in public um i think that they're all really way more intelligent than everybody else when you eat alone right in public and so i got smart and i sat down at pho and um kevin costner that was the name of my waiter because i couldn't understand his real name that's his favorite actor he I wrote this, I started writing, the characters started describing me and God, they were fucking mean. Oh my God, they were so mean. They're all mean to me. All my characters when I play this game are mean to me. Hmm. And she just called me an idiot over and over again. She said, you're such a fool, you're such a fool, you're such a fool, I'm right here. I'm right here and you want to write this story you've had for how long and you can't even hear that character's voice and I'm right here. And I said, okay, I'll write your story. And it was amazing. That's, it was uh, one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had in writing. That's that's a brilliant technique. Right? And this idiot bike messenger <laughs> is the one that gave it to me. Oh my God. That's Wait, genius. Try it. It's really fascinating. I will eviscerate myself and then that'll be the character. <laughs> that's fucking amazing. Oh, she was brutal. She was right. so mean. Right. And and but it what it wasn't just that, it wasn't just her describing me, because I stopped doing that eventually and started mm -hmm. going in and just saying, Where are you? Right. What are you doing? What's going on with you? And sometimes they tell me and sometimes they go on weird rants. And, you know, because you need to know your character's backstory sure. to understand what built them. So it's like it's like an acting technique, I think. Totally. But I do it for writing to find out what the fuck is happening in a world that I don't understand. So when you do that, I mean, you're having this dialogue. Are you having it like on a paper? Like, are you writing these things out or is this literally all just stuff that's happening inside your head? No, no, it's way better if I write it. Okay. Now, when I do it, because now I I haven't really been very impressive lately as far as like my spending time and actually thinking, which mm -hmm. is what ninety percent of what we really should be doing as artists is is just listening. Mm -hmm. But um, now I just go into a word document and I write me, I write Jay or whoever I am, and then I ask a question, and then then I just hit return and I write their first initial and then their response. Huh. And it's really, it's sometimes it's so super boring and there's nothing, but, but like, I mean, there's been, I think West Texas was wild. I mean, it was wild. I don't, I don't know if I've read that script. Oh, it's so cool. Well, that's because it never got right. Or maybe I, I, I never got it right. So I never shared it really. Right. Like it never got there. And I was getting there when I wrote it. 
And I just got waylaid. And then I felt like I needed to do something that was more reasonable and more, you know, Hunter, when I wanted, he wanted me something more mainstream. So I started writing the, my Riverdale story. Okay. Which is, you know, about two girls with a, their father's missing and wanted for murder in a small town. Oh, that's fun. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, it's cool because the the younger daughter's a sociopath, right? Yeah, so West, the younger yeah. sister. So that's cool, but not really, but but kind of sure. West Texas. I I don't know if I've read it, but I think I you know I know it so well just from even a few conversations with you and having you you know excitedly describe it. Oh, um, I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's it's Scripts cool. A mess. It's cool to hear like. <clears throat> more and and i would like to like hear even more about like what what your process is just in in terms of like new ideas i mean sorry i'm 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 fading a little bit it's been a long week but um <clears throat> we can wrap it up i uh i steal them sometimes so i stole one recently from mark doll i didn't steal it well you totally steal an idea it. from a friend or you have a conversation and something but like what how does it start what's the fuck what's the seed for you usually so, well the last one i the are the obviously the action one they gave me a script um so i started uh i have a friend who's an actress and she had an idea for a movie really like basic idea and i was like i'll write that with you and i started writing and it morphed into completely something different and you know we i have i haven't finished that one i have to go back to that one and mark doll had a brilliant idea for a series and i loved it and i said i want to work on that with you and i wrote a pilot and then i wrote another pilot i rewrote it and now we're on the third you know we're on the third draft because it's what it takes to get it right right and it's a brilliant idea but i'm working on that with mark and i'm working on that with her and then i started talking about west texas and i have a call about that i think tomorrow and i love her that i wanted that movie so bad to to oh tried so hard but maybe you know maybe i can get people excited about west texas again and that'll be mine my next one i mean that's the thing the scripts never go anywhere you know now you just have all these commodities they age uh i uh disaster the musical that was the play that aged i couldn't really do that now and i don't know if american wizard in brooklyn will hold up not maybe now that you know now that we're in a new administration and all that good stuff um yeah I mean, but it, but again, you, but that takes a rewrite, right? Right. Exactly. You want to bring it, it, the, sto it. the story's there mostly, and you can just bring it up to speed, but the world's changed a lot and I'm old and you know, I have to readapt to like humor has changed and all of that. I mean, you know, we were shameless. Right. Right. And it's just not funny do, anymore. Do some you, of it. Do you find yourself second guessing a lot of shit as a result of that? Do you think you second guess yourself as you're go as you're going in the process? Like, wait, this isn't funny anymore. Uh, I think I I think so. The only thing that I that I really second guess, I, I'm like, that's some dated ass reference. Right, <laughs> sure. Like, that's not going to be the kids. Aren't going to think that's funny. I remember Joey King did not want to make that Gremlins reference. <laughs> She's like, I don't even know what the fuck this is. Right. And I was like, just say it. And shut up. Like, just say it. Right. And um, you know. But she did not want to make that Gremlins reference huh. at all. And yeah. that stuff, eh? but that's like minor stuff. I don't think so. I think I've come around a little bit. I think I started to second guess myself um, about like when we really hit the offendables 
at their height, post smart ass. Right. Every, everything was untouchable. Right. Everybody was offended. And I had just come from such a raw world of like equality and rawness. Like mm-hmm. if we can't call you out for your thing, you know, yeah. then we don't see you. Right. Then I'm pretending I don't look at like how short you are, Dawn, or how big my nose is, or you know, right, like, right exactly. Like, you're just gonna fucking not you're gonna pretend you don't see this. Can we just be real about it? It it exists. Like let's yeah. not pretend that it's not there. Yeah, it's a good point. So dancing into that world is <sighs> proven to be a little interesting because we used to be so intense with it being from Philly. Totally. Oh my god. Right. Yeah. And. <laughs> and it's and then you're in LA and God everybody's offended. I mean, you're, my voice offends people, right? So it's it's different. Oh my God, I love that I can talk to you for this long about this. It's just <laughs> yes. hilarious. But we should wrap up. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to keep because I don't want to keep you on for that long. No, I'm good. I'm okay. good actually. Yeah. The only I was just I was just referencing that my brain is just not that functional, which is why I'm stumbling over questions. And it was just like taking me a hard, it was, it was, I was struggling to form that thought, but I still am curious about some things. So, but if okay, you want to no, go I'm, like, I'm fine. No, 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 I'm fine. Yeah. Ask me because I am really curious about like, okay. So those two ideas came, one came from Mark. One came from this other person, West Texas. Where did that come from? Is that like, so I do this a lot because of the way I write, I um, see a thing. I just see a thing. I saw a girl running in um, a cocaine field for her life. Where'd you see it? In your in mind? Okay. Yeah. Where? What were you doing? You were just sitting there? I, I don't even remember. I can't even remember. I think I was looking for a new... Oh, you want to know how I came up with West Texas? I do. I was in Barmar... Because well, I just remembered. <laughs> Sorry. I know you just asked that. No, no. Um, it's fine. It's fine. I, I think I was telling myself that when yeah, I just yeah, said yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I was in Bar Marmont, which makes me sound so bougie because mm. there was like a little time, like when I first got to LA, when I was hanging out in all these places. Sure. So I'm in Bar Marmont with one of my producers from Smart Ass. And um, I was, you know, he was looking for the next project. I'm like, just make project. Like, let's make it. Let's come up with five ideas right now at the bar. I'm fucking half drunk. And I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And this one and this one. And I, and I said, and then I said, a, a border fight between, you know, some, uh, some veterans and, and the cartels and his eyes lit up. I was like, okay, right. I'll write that one. But I was like spitfire and dumbass ideas. I was, right. I don't even know what half of them were, but I remember I said that he, his eyes lit up and I was like, okay, there's, there's an idea that's got at least some interest from one person, one night in the whole universe. Right. And that's all it takes, really, right? I mean, it just takes a spark in one other person's eye, basically. <clears throat> yeah, and, and like American Wizard in Brooklyn, I was working on that, uh, that um, I don't remember his name. He got in trouble for the Suicide Forest stuff, that influencer. Um, oh, I was yeah, working on air. Yeah, I was working on his movie Airplane Mode, and I learned what influencers were and what their whole world was. And I was like, oh, I can write an influencer movie. And then I don't, and then Trump was like, running he was i don't even think trump was running yet right. i think the idea of trump was just gir- like just starting to like bubble up to the surface and i wrote american wizard in brooklyn was i was done that way before he even said he was gonna run and so like that's the same idea though right so like you'll you're working with this influencer 
And then you're like, I'm going to write this influencer, whatever it is. And then you're like, now I'm going to build this character. Now I'm going to have a conversation with this person. And then I'm going to see where this goes. And then you just get into the page and just start fucking writing what he's, you know, he's in a coffee shop. I mean, like, right. I, and if this is way too, like, no, reductively trite, d- forgive no, no, me. No. I mean, it's, it's, no, I mean, I, it was a, what? I don't even understand that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I think that I just follow leads. Yeah. Like, um, and I don't know that I'm even the best person. Like, I just know that that's how I do it. I'm just curious, and yeah. I know that when I've taken the Sundance class, you know, they're like, well, what's the main driving force of this character? And I was and, I, and sometimes I know and sometimes I don't. And right. sometimes I know what the theme is and sometimes I don't. But I will say that having taken those classes, these questions, they'll tickle the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. So they influence how the story is is develops on the page and not in a way that holds you back not not really when i whenever i if i were to try and force myself to if i try and force one of my scripts to get in if i need everybody at that point to get to the like castle mm-hmm. like we all got to get to the castle right now i am i'm done i'm writing completely flat bullshit and, right. and you you read it and you're like wow that's as dull as it gets right because i can't get people from a to b because i need to get to b right I ha- a has to be like worked out enough that B is the obvious place they're go. Like I just can't. It just doesn't work for me. And whenever I try, I'm just such a I'm so it's such a farce. It's like me trying to sell myself at a party in L.A. Yeah, bullshit. So that's but that's my process. I mean, I know Mark's working on a story right now, and he is like watching all the scenes and and really like plots it out and knows the where the end and where he's going to be and he looks at the middle and he knows where the middle needs to be and i just i don't yeah um, yeah it's weird like, all- go ahead no no you go i was just gonna say it's weird like i had because you know i've i've read some shit you know to fucking save the cat i've read a little bit of story like i've read some shit and i've done a lot like a lot of like oh what's the fucking oh it's an eight part story like what you know like all the story circles and all the fucking shit right but like i haven't actually put it into practice very much you know so i think that like i've built this architecture of like half of an architecture because that's the thing i don't fucking really know it in and out so i have like (laughs) a very rudimentary understanding of all of these theories of screenwriting yeah, I think I do too. I think I just need really to fuck. I, I just need to write. Is the thing. But though, here's the thing: know. you can always go back and fix. Right, it. right, right, right. So you can always right. go like. So I know that the, the action movie that I wrote is a first draft. Right. I know that the emotional points are not as strong as they could be. That's fixable. Mm-hmm. I know that some of the arcs, although I did lay like, you know, I laid some foundation for some of the arcs. I know that they can be stronger. I know that they can be more impactful, but I, but I laid the foundation for it all there because I had to get a story out. Right. 
right? So the found, so I don't know, I don't know how other people do it, but I can't hit that mark at that moment trying because you've told me that's where it needs to be. I got to like get the story and then know that I know that I want to do that. Know that the emotional are in there and all those arcs need to be in the challenges for all the characters need. And maybe I haven't put my character through enough, but you know, I, I, now that I kind of know them, they do float in the back of my head. So it's all fixable. That's right. the beauty of writing, right? It's rewriting. <laughs> yeah. We get to fix it all. Right, I mean, right. you, you just can't let it die. Right. You've got to respect it and respect them enough <clears throat> not to let it die. Right. And sometimes I have scripts that I'm like, I, I like, I did that one over, you know, and everybody's like, we got to make a movie. It's COVID. I live with DP and I live with an AD and I live with an arts department person. And I'm just kind of like, I got to do an a, you got to write a movie for this house with all of us in this house. And, you know, you've got this one friend that can be the lead. And I was like, first of all, my house is the most insane, eclectic, non, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't weave together a character from looking at this it's just too insane and <clears throat> and then add my my you know vote my trump voting roommate <laughs> to my super super offendable democrat republican republicans are the devil other roommate like you can't I, I, there's no <laughs> there's no through line right 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 and i wrote an entire script for this we were casting wow and i don't like it right i'm not going back to it i don't think i know they want me to right. i know but, but here's the other thing back to your the point i had everybody on board to do this movie for free right and everybody wanted to do it and they were pushing me and 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 i didn't love the script hmm and I knew that it was just another, I just don't, I, I've just done so much already and I've done smart ass and I just don't want, I don't need to just make things to make things. Right. I might need to write just to write, but I don't need to go through that pain of like all those people, all this, like, I just don't need to do it anymore. And <clears throat> that's a script that I don't know. I really want to hang out with. How, how did you even write it? If you didn't want to be writing it, how did you motivate yourself to? I, you know, I had, this is exactly how I had, I had the lead actress uh, just, I mean, it was a dream for her. She's the lead. It's on the cameras on her a whole two hours, pretty much. Right. Right. And so I literally would finish a few pages and send it to her and she, we would talk about it for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Right. And she got some good feedback and she got some reactions from some people, but we couldn't find this one character. We couldn't find a guy to play the main character hmm. opposite her and the whole thing fell apart. Well, and I just had my kid. You reached out to me and I just yeah. had my kid. Yeah. <laughs> I and like, I, I can't just, do it. <laughs> and I didn't. And I, I mean, maybe I revisit the script and I, I look at it. This is the other thing that's beauty about writing stuff and not, and, and not like, you know, putting it to bed and not is you could have a different relationship with it and you could see some beauty in it that wasn't there before, right. but I didn't like the premise and my house didn't work for it. And like, it was existential and it, it, like, I'm do fucking existential. I want to do these. I want to do real stories with real, like, you know, 
I'm not that person really anymore. Right. I have more concrete ideas. I'm not. I'm. I'm not like. I just. Uh, I don't know. I just didn't enjoy. I don't know. It's too like Richard Linklater. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was. And and she she was into it. They were all into it. Sure. They're still. They're still into it. I mean, Linklater. I love. By the way, I'm not. This is yeah, not. <laughs> no, I mean, there's. Are you kidding? There's tons of movies that are brilliant like that. Right. I just didn't think I got it right. Right. And I don't know, maybe if I read it again, I'm wrong. Maybe I just, you know, I started hating it for because I couldn't get a good, decent actor. Right. And maybe, maybe that just did me in. It was a weird lesson in trying to make something in LA. Did you make, did you, so nothing ever happened? Oh, we like, we were about to make it and my roommate went bonkers. Mm, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. like, uh, things went, things just kind of like, imploded right he went bonkers over something that was absolutely true and he was absolutely right about but he handled it really 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 wrong hmm. and, it, and then the whole thing imploded it was like the height of covid too but yeah. i tell you I tell you what man i would have lost my mind because we i were i wrote every i worked my ass off on that script right yeah that's what how, wrote, got you through Oh yeah, and then when that was done, when that kind of blew up, I jumped on with uh, Casey onto her idea. Okay. And I and then every day I worked on that script, and every day that I wasn't didn't have a job, I worked on that script, and I had I had to her to go back to, and even today we talked, and she's like, "So when can you go back to the script?" And I'm and I'm, you know, I'm debating which story I should give my time to right now. And that's nothing more than a friend who is an actor with whom you've worked who's like, hey, I have an, I have an idea for a movie. You're a writer. Let's do you want to write it? Well I can I kind of push. I'm pushy. So like I was also like, I, I can write that. Let's do that. Let's let, let, let me plus let me play with that. The problem in so the the action movie, these guys, the producers wanted me to take to the take they wanted me to take in me to the guy who was the original original idea like why the producers are taking this movie idea is because of this one guy mm -hmm. and i said and i because i pitched they had another writer they was going to come on and they came and talked to me and i had an idea and i pitched it to them and they liked it so much they wanted to introduce me to him okay and i said but he's not a he's not a real like this is he's just a guy that does fashion and got really you know he's very well known and got very famous and knows famous people so he's got a lot of doors open to him but he doesn't know this world okay filmmaking and i said no i said no 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 i said i need a script he needs to read a script because ideas never look the way you think they're going to do when they end up being, you know, created. Right. I can tell you this idea and you're going to think this thing. And then my script is going to be this totally different. And that's kind of how it works out. That's how it kind of has worked with Casey. Got it. You know, my script turned out very different to the point where I was like, Hey, we can take out this element. You can keep your original idea. And then we'll just keep working, playing with the script that we have. Right because it's become its own entity. Right. But that's cool. That's like a great, you know, to have that problem is awesome. Yeah, totally. So between the two, like, and I also, the other thing with West Texas is I know that, I know that Hunt, I know the boys liked it. Right. So if I go back in and fix West Texas, West Texas has a little bit more of a shot at having some people with money and some people with power look at it. Whereas the, 
the other movie with Casey has Casey and I selling it. And Casey's a badass. She's a badass. And I do believe we can get this made. I just have to get the script written, but I have to decide which one I want to devote my time to right now. Right. Because time, our time's really limited, especially if we're also going to try and put food on our table. Right. <sighs> yeah, man. It's fascinating, though, man. It's crazy. Like, our lives are really, I'm so impressed with people that, you know, have gotten there and, and write for a living. And I'm really doing, I know that a lot of them have gone into writers' rooms and just been a writer. That's how Alan did it on Red, on like Survivor's Remorse, right? And now he's making sneakerheads. That's him and um, King Batch. I don't have any idea who that is. Yeah, King, King Batch. It's funny because well, so Alan was a guy that I worked that was on Smartass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, King uh, Batch. Yeah, and King Batch was a he's he was, you know, he was on airplane mode. He was an influencer. He came up on Vine, huh. and he's incredible incredibly talented and he signed with CAA. Right. And he's like a legit, legit, really well paid actor. He's really fucking good. Right. But that's how that that's how that stuff works as well. Right. Jesus Christ. That's like I'm I know, like the fucking world passed me by. You know, I was too busy drinking no, and the world no, passed no. me by. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, no this has been great though. This is like there were a couple really a couple things in this conversation that I think are, are really helpful. Um, and obviously it's, it's great to just hear so much of your story that, you know, we're missing pieces for me, um, in our friendship. Um, yeah. it's funny. I remember <clears throat> years ago, probably like 15 years ago or something like that, 20 years ago, maybe my, I have a sister who's 11 years older than me. And I, I don't know. I always put you guys together in in my mind for some reason i mean i have a lot of love for her a lot of admiration a lot of respect and i remember a long time ago she said nick there a bus is not gonna pull up in front of your house and be like hey come on get on this bus we're gonna show you exactly what it is that you want and you're gonna be able to get to do whatever it is you want like you you gotta go and get it and you gotta go and do it and you gotta go and be it and um you know, I feel like I talked for the last, you know, 20 years, really, but <laughs> for the last like several months and it's like, just fucking just do it, man. Just stop talking about it. That's, and do a great, it. that's a great way to, that's an awesome. I mean, I'm sure like I'm, I'm, I'm about the same age as your sister, but I think that, um, I think that's such a great, it's a great way to put it is that there isn't going to be a boss that helps you become who you want to become or helps you make the things that you want to make. And sometimes you got to realize that you already are who you want to become and that it's just a matter of doing a little bit more work to get to the places that we need, that we're going. And yet I still find there to be a conundrum there of like, you know, as a writer, as an actor, you, there still is this element of like needing to be discovered and there still are these gatekeepers who you need to impress. And you know, it's like, so oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I go back to him all the time. I don't know why, because he's amazing. <laughs> Cause he's amazing. He's literally he is, amazing. He, amazing. he couldn't speak. I know. He couldn't speak English I at know. all, I know. but he was at, he was on Venice beach. I know. And he was he was roided out of his mind. Well, you know, he, he started by up. fucking buying apartment buildings, right? You know, that's how he no, got his start. 
Yeah, he was no, working construction I mean, with all the other Austrian bodybuilders. And then he was yeah. like, oh, I'm going to buy a building. You know, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. It's amazing, which is brilliant, which I actually think is all artists should own property I that know. has income. Um, although it is like having an albatross around your neck, it's really brutal. Um, <laughs> could that warehouse almost killed me? Um, oh, fuck. I forgot about the warehouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. terrible, oh terrible. Um, I remember like I, the guy I owned it with was like, We could have made so much money. I was like, I don't care. I don't care how much money I, could, I don't care if it was a million dollars. Right. I needed to get that. I need to not own that warehouse anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm so hated the drama and stuff it brought with me. With right, it. right. But um, Schwarzenegger. But, but Schwarzenegger, like, like, yeah, I mean, part of it's being out and being there. Yeah. And, you know, I've been hiding for the last, well, fuck, we're all hiding right now. Sure. But even before this, like, for, like since I moved to the Valley, I've really been hiding. And since I've been dating um, Hassan, I've really been, like, very domesticated and, you know, building this suite, the, uh, like, without children, but much like when you get like that, it's very hard to just be out there all the time. Yeah, yeah. It really is. I mean, and it goes and- back to that conversation of, like, we didn't move out here young, like, and I also moved out here already in a relationship, you know? So, I mean when you're in that circumstance, it's like, it's hard to get out there all the time, you know? It's really hard, but you know, you can, it, it, it it was easier when I lived in the Hills and I had that, you know, socialite girl, like living with me, sissy. I don't, did you ever meet sissy? I don't think I ever met her. (laughs) Oh, she's amazing. (laughs) Oh, she's a very, I mean, she was like, you know, out at everything out, 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 out public 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 action 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 she's like pop star blah 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 blah, blah. she she would did like talk without a comma right. um <laughs> and and you like you could leave the room it was amazing it was amazing <laughs> but she's cute because she has an austrian accent okay austrian british accent and so like it, it was just sounded like uh some you know cute british person's babbling in the other room right <clears throat> and um she was so, but I just would go out with her. You know, I would, I would go out. It didn't really come to much though. Right. It was more, it was the, the things that were real were, were the connections that Hunter had in his 1% world and the people right. that had real jobs. And, but that doesn't exclude, you know, and, and being on jobs. But it's hard for me because people think I'm a production designer and that's what they think I am. Right. You know, you know how hard it is to even, even though I just, people out here don't know me as a director yeah, or as a writer. And when, and everybody says they're a writer and director out here that's working on crew. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I'm really a goddamn director. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like a director if, like that guy. I'm an actual director. Like I have a feature, right. I have like real names behind me, but even if they see that still, you, you know. It's, it's, it's a hard game and, and I haven't figured it out. I'll tell you that much, but I'm not on the lost hope. You know, I know that, I know that I've got some really good stuff. That's really unique under my belt. Right. <clears throat> and I just have to find, I find a, find a team that wants to explore it. Yep. So I'm going to, after this conversation, I'm going to give you a call at some point in the next few days. I'm going to tell you about this feature that I want to write. And I'm going to forget about the other thing that I was working on, or maybe I'm going to finish that up, but I'm going to tell you about this movie, see if it, if it, um, 
sparks an interest in you. And then, you know, you'll hold me accountable to writing it. Brilliant. Absolutely. I mean, I need people to do it for me. I'll do it for you. I don't need any favor in return. Like this is what well, I we, want to read more of your shit, <laughs> which isn't a favor. <laughs> like that's, that's not a favor for me. That's like a fucking pleasure. Dude, it's absolutely bonkers. I can't like, it's so bonkers. It was so much fun. You need to just at some point, write something that's just as big as you can possibly go. Right. You just have to do, you have to feel the freedom of right. it. It's I've never felt it before. I've always wrote written with restraint, right? Always with like budgetary restraint in my head. <clears throat> and this one was just as big as I could go. Action, insane, falling down forty five stories in the center of a hotel. It was like, awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. It's just, it's just, it was so much fun to have that freedom for the first time ever. That's great. And yeah, it's cool. That's cool. You definitely have to try that. Yeah, you definitely call me. Let's talk. I'm down. Thank you so much for spending all this time and, and imparting so much of your wisdom. Oh, I appreciate oh it. I mean it. No, I mean it. Absolutely. No, it's a blast. I like talking. I like talking about it. It gives me, you know, it's funny because when you talk about stuff that you you have done and you do, do do and you are doing, it gives you it gives you more hope to keep going rather than just in your doldrums of i wake up and you know we're on this hamster wheel right now totally even if we have jobs even if we have like random jobs here and there which i have had and i've had a very very packed covid year but it's still groundhog day oh 100 no it's it's insane it's insane but we're I, there's a tiny 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 little light at the end of the tunnel i can see it I've, I actually fucking, I meant at the beginning of this conversation when I said I actually am feeling hope and that's exciting. I actually am feeling some fucking hope again, which is, I love that feels novel and, uh, you know, but it feels exactly it's what I need right now. And, and honestly, like, it's funny, this conversation is exactly what I needed to happen because I'm actually going to like, write after this Great. because Perfect. it's fucking bullshit uh, yeah 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 so, it's, well it's also here's the other thing about it it's boring right right like oh, writing so is actually i'm so tired of having the same conversation about why i'm not doing it it's so fucking boring and gross it's just well it's boring because you don't have that like excitement that 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 uh the roller coaster ride of writing right you have the same, you're banging your head against the same wall right. instead of having like a moment where like the sun shines through and then you go bang your head on the wall. Like it's, you don't have the, that, that ride and yeah. we do it. We do it. I mean, I, I don't, I do it because I don't, I've always, that's all I've known that I could do. Right. Like, I, I don't know. It's just always been a thing. That's like, you have this, just work on it yeah. and i should have gone to school for it i've never I, I think it's my fear of failure my hideous disgusting fear of failing or having to do something that i could fail at yeah i get so mad i'm such a juvenile i get so mad yeah i'm not doing this and i throw it down and i walk away and i like break things oh God, totally such a child way to be <laughs> so disgusting but you know i know i do it and i you know if i get back up and get you know it's get butt sore for a while and this 
bitch doesn't like my stuff. Well, tough shit. She doesn't like your stuff. And maybe it's not that good yet. Right. You know, and that doesn't make it feel any better. I still feel like I'm going to have a hissy fit and, you know, shoot the guy that parks in my driving, my parking spot I just dug out of the snow. But <laughs> like, <laughs> but I, I, you know, it's, it's, you gotta, you gotta just go back at it until yeah. you get it right. Some, at some point you're going to get it right or you're going to die like we all do. So fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> right. That's absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Have a good night. Uh, all right, buddy. Great Thank you for you. bringing me into this. It was awesome. It really was. I'm so and uh, I expect the call. I expect a call from you in a few days. Yeah, I'll call you soon. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sweetheart. <laughs> Cheers. Bye bye. <laughs>